The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for being here as well. Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Another cold day uh, in the DFW. Are we in the teens? I think now. Yesterday oh. was actually pretty pleasant. It was in the mid fifties around this time of day, and then wow, we just got nailed with a cold front. Yeah, it's been dropping since we got here too. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's at seventeen degrees, which I'm sure seventeen. Many people listening are thinking, "Oh, that sounds like beach weather." And with the wind, the chill factor mm. is it eight? Mm, it was supposed to be eight about, degrees, yeah, five or eight degrees this morning. Wow. Mm-hmm. Burr. <laughs> of course, there's a lot of places colder than Texas, obviously. So, uh, and snowier. We were supposed to get some kind of snowfall, maybe an inch, right? Wasn't that what they were saying? Yeah. Or maybe ice. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Well, at zero. I mean, nah. Nothing. East of here. East of here, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Strange how it keeps happening to the south of us, where it's you know normally warmer and and uh, they don't usually get as cold as we are. Oh, boy. Um, uh, your home state, Montana? Yeah. I see where it's negative uh, 23 right now. 23 below where? In, in, uh, where? What is it in Helena? Oh, crap. Oh, you just you moved it. My big fat fingers. If you look right there, what, what okay. towns are those? I don't know. It's up in... Uh, it won't let me click on the state. It's so frustrating. Maybe Whitefish? Yeah. Kalispell, sure. somewhere like that. Yeah, twenty three below. That's that's chilly. Is that cold? That's a it's a bit of a nip in the in the fall <laughs> air. Uh, <laughs> what is the coldest temperature you've ever experienced? I think for me it was because I grew up in Montana. Uh, I think it was forty five below actual temperature, <laughs> and with the wind chill, it seems like it was in the sixty or seventy below range. Yeah, that's that's chilly. That's a little cold. There's a bit so of a nip in the air. I'm going to say you've got me beat, no matter what I say. Following that. You grew up in Atlanta, right? I grew up in Atlanta, so yeah. it got down to single digits a few times. I do remember uh, when I was a senior in high school, I remember it got down um, below zero. Oh, I, did it? I do in remember Atlanta? that. In Atlanta, yeah. Um, wow. And I remember driving to school that day, and um, it was foggy inside my car, and it, and it iced mm-hmm. over inside yep. the car. Yeah. I'm sure you had a lot of those memories. Yes. But the best was when I, I, I actually lived briefly in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, and it was the second coldest and second wettest winter on record there. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved it. But I remember I was walking home from a basketball game one night, high school basketball game. And I remember I spit and I thought that it was, it cleared the, the zone, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked down literally 20 seconds later you. and it was yeah. frozen on my coat, it's man. really gross. It Thank you for brutal. sharing that. Appreciate that. That's, a, that's really helpful. It's a good story. Thanks, Keith. You're welcome. We're all out of time for it now. Darn. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing because in uh, Russia, they're setting some records. Hmm. Temperature in the world's coldest village reached, well, near record lows. So much so that their digital thermometer broke. Oh, nice. Uh, Oymyakin is a village in the Russian region of Yakusha. Mm-hmm. It's named after the Oymyakin River. Of course, like I have to tell you. Why, that. Yeah, why are you I mean, telling us? We, we all know. I, I don't mean to insult your intelligence. And the entire audience is insulted now as well. But it literally translates to mean, as you know, say it with me, unfrozen, unfrozen patch, patch of, of water. water. 
place, place where, where fish, fish spend, spend the winter. The winter. <laughs> yes. Why are we going through this exercise? I don't know. I don't know. It's silly because everybody knows. Uh, but it's 79.6, let's say 80 degrees below zero right now in Russia. 80 below. Hmm. So it just, we started messing around and looking yeah. for the uh, coldest temperature ever recorded on Earth, mm-hmm. which is 128.6 below zero in Antarctica. Oh. 128.6 below. Hmm. And then we started thinking, all right, well, what about what about in the 48 contiguous states? What about in, you know, at least on this continent? So you include Alaska. Coldest temperature ever recorded in Alaska, 80 below zero. Now... You'd think all of these would happen in the global warming time, right? Because the global warming means not just warmer temperatures, but also colder. (laughs) It increases the extremes on both ends for some reason. Nobody can really explain that very well, but but that's what it does. Yeah, don't argue with facts, Pat. Yeah, you can't argue with them. Because everything that happens proves their point. So we're looking at all these record high temperatures for every state. And almost all of them. Scant few of them are from the 90s or 2000s. All of these record-breaking highs and the record-breaking lows, many of the highs are from the 30s and 50s and uh, early 80s. We we kind of added it up. How many are post-1985, okay, let's so say, for the highs? Started in 1985, um, the um, uh, record high temperatures in the 50 states uh Eight states have set their all-time record highs since, since 1985. 1985. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, would you like the numbers of the all-time record colds? Sure. Since 1985, mm-hmm. that would be nine. Wow. So nine states have set their record cold temperature since 1985. Eight states have set their record highs since 1985. That's called uh, weather. Yeah, that okay. is. That's called not global warming. Mm-hmm. As you scan down this list of all the high temperatures, I mean. Minnesota, 1917, Mississippi, 1930, 36 in Louisiana. I mean, on and on and on. And you would think if what they are saying is true, almost all the record highs would have been set since 1995 and beyond. But no. Uh, So, 888-900-3393. Hopefully, uh, you're you're keeping warm. And... uh, uh, Maybe you don't have to be anywhere today. Hmm. Of course, we're not supposed to say that because then you don't go out and spend money like you're supposed to. Wait, you're not supposed to say no. Hope you don't you're have not. to go anywhere. <laughs> no. Is that like, did we just sabotage the economy? Uh huh. So, like, if the jobs report comes out and it's, our it's fault. down, it's all because Pat Gray said. Yeah, don't go anywhere today. Just relax at home because it's too cold. Wow, what if that's our, that'd be our fault? Fragile economy. So I am not saying that. I'm not saying. That. I'm saying go brave the cold. Okay. And go spend some serious money somewhere. No, but that seems irresponsible now. Does it? So. Mm. Well, it'd be ir- irresponsible to tell him to stay home. Yeah. Because, you know, then the economy collapses. <laughs> There's like a no win here. I know. <laughs> As it is, uh, the economy seems to be pretty robust right now. Mm. And the Dow has hit 26,000. I think it's bouncing just a tad under that right now. But it went up like a thousand points in a week. A thousand points in a week. Hmm. And they don't, they don't expect it to go down until at least next year, 2019, they said, and maybe beyond that. Uh, there's no peak in sight here. Uh, it's, 
It's amazing. And I think a lot of this is driven by the Bitcoin thing. It's really piqued people's interest in finding an investment that's going to set you up for the, for the future. Be nice to be able to do that. Would have been nice to invest in Bitcoin at about $2. <laughs> would have been, what, six, seven, eight, ten years ago? But still, would have been nice. <laughs> or or been nice. as someone on Twitter mentioned over the weekend as the Falcons collapsed yet again, um, and you know the Georgia Bulldogs lost. They were comparing um, you are to Bitcoin or you are to investments, as I am to uh, rooting for sports teams, <laughs> because it just never ends. Yeah. So anyway, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's darn frustrating. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. This is kind of an interest. There's an interesting movement going on in California. It's called uh, the New California Movement. They're trying to secede not. Not from the United States. They're trying to secede from California itself and start a new state, the 51st state. It's interesting because the reasons that they want to secede are all the reasons you would imagine as a conservative. So I think it's a, it's a fairly conservative movement. I, they seem to be tired of the high taxes and, and the terrible business policies California has. And so they're trying to do something about it. Here's, here's a report. This is kind of an interesting um, situation going on because this is all the, these are all the rural, rural counties in California. Difficult word to say. These are all the less populated counties in California. There you go. Uh, leaving the urban areas like San Diego, Los Angeles, and San Francisco to fend for themselves and be part of old California. We resolved to create the free, <clears throat> sovereign, an independent state of New California. Should California mm. be broken up into separate states? It's a question that's been discussed and debated many times before. Sure. And today, the latest group who feels that it should took the first steps to make their vision of California more of a reality. New at 6, CBS 13's Mark Thompson was in Marysville as the group declared their independence. Mark's in the newsroom now with more on this. Mark? Yeah, good evening. And the group is proposing to form what they hope will be the state of New California, basically hmm. separating rural counties from existing urban areas. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to seek a constitutional remedy to the abuse hmm. of power. Sounds With familiar. the reading of their own version of a Declaration of Independence, founders of the state of New California took the first steps to what they hope will eventually lead to statehood. To be clear, they don't want to leave the United States. They want to expand it, becoming state number 51. But the question is, what is your problem with the current state of California? Well, it, it's been ungovernable for a long time. High taxes, mm -hmm. uh, education, you name it. It's, it we're, we're rated really, I think, about 48th or 50th in the, from a business clim climate and standpoint in California. Here's what the state of New California would look like in blue, incorporating most of the state's rural counties and most of the state's land, for that matter, Gigantic. leaving the urban coastal counties to the current state of California. There's something <laughs> wrong when you have a rural county such as this when you, tr you go down to Orange County, which is mostly urban, and it's got the same set of problems. There's something that's causing that same set of problems, and it happens to be how the state is being governed and taxed. 
But unlike other separation movements in the past, the state of New California wants to do things by the book, citing Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution and working with the state legislature to get it done, similar to the way West Virginia was formed. Yes, sure. uh, we have to demonstrate we can govern ourselves before we're allowed to govern. And despite obstacles, doubters, and obvious long odds, the group stands united in their statehood dream. Now, the group is organized with committees and county representatives, but they're also realistic, and they say it will be some 10 to 18 months before they are ready to engage with the state legislature. You know, usually uh, when you're talking about secession movements, they're nut jobs. These people don't sound like nut jobs. They sound pretty reasonable, and, um, and you can't blame them for trying to get away from the policies of California. And if you don't want to move, what are you, you going to do? You're going to try to change it from the inside. So going about it the right way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Brad Staggs joins us. Hmm. Did they say most of the coastal communities would be the new state, and then the inland, no, or the opposite? The inland, it's the opposite. Really? Yeah. That the coastal, like urban areas, which is all the coastal parts. Right. Uh, That's the part would, with the view. It would still yes, but that that'd still be California. Oh. Then the inner California would be New California. Huh. Pretty interesting. Pretty much a long shot. Probably never happened, but right. still. Interesting. Uh, and I, I asked that because the um, I was just I was looking up the census, and as as far as uh, your your senses are concerned, thirty percent most of the neurons in your brain, thirty mm-hmm. percent of them are devoted to sight. So that's like the most important. Wow. Okay. Most important sense in yeah. your brain. Eight mm-hmm. percent for touch. All right. Two percent for hearing. Wow. Huh. So apparently it's not important to hear those waves. Yeah. Got got the short end of the stick. Right, no so, kidding. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of margin for error there. If, no. If, if, if the sound waves are blocked right? from getting into your ear, you're yes. down to yeah, 1%. You're down, yeah, you are, you are hosed at that point. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The fact of the matter is all your senses are important. I mean, let's be honest. Do you really want to be without hearing? Do you want to be without sight? Do you want to be without no. touch? Mm-hmm. No. The, le- the one you probably get away with is taste. Yeah. You know, if you had to. I wouldn't want to be without that either, though. I know, because frankly, I'd go without smell before I go. Without. That's the strongest of your senses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to your past, and you need that for taste mm-hmm. as yes, well. Exactly, they work, kind of work together. Yes, they do. Yeah, all this takes me to the fact that uh, <laughs> you know you can't clear out your. There's not a system to clear out your taste buds. There's not a system to really wash out your corneas. No. But if you use the Wax RX system correctly, you can clean out them ears. Mm-hmm. You got them dirty ears. You don't want that. No. You can't hear the waves if you get the dirty ears, especially in California. Go to usewaxrx.com. They are the sponsor of this fascinating fact break. I love it. See? I know they pay big money so I can tell you about your cerebral cortex. Usewaxrx.com. If you use promo code radio, you'll get free standard shipping, and it's a simple system. Mm. Anybody can do it, even Jeffy. Usewaxrx.com. Promo code radio. Pat Gray. Only. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. Welcome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is uh, Pat Gray unleashed. Uh, this horrible 
terrifying, awful story uh, from California where these parents have kept 13 kids chained up in some nasty squalor room. Uh, Who knows for how long they were malnourished. Some of them are up to the oldest is 29 years old. They said none of them looked like they were out of their teens. That's how malnourished they are. They all looked like children. They were blown away to find out that seven of these people were actually adults. Very strange situation. Nobody knows yet why these parents chained and padlocked them to their beds inside a dark room. Uh, The parents were, according to the sheriff, the parents were unable to immediately provide a logical reason why their children were restrained in that manner. Is there a logical reason for that? I don't think so. The victims appeared dirty and malnourished and were so emaciated, deputies were shocked to discover that while they all looked like children, they ranged in age from two years old to 29. Six minors and seven of them were 18 or older. The parents, David Allen Turpin, 57, and Louise Anna Turpin, 49, arrested charged uh, on suspicion of nine counts of torture and 10 counts of child endangerment. Bail was set at $9 million. In a bankruptcy filing in 2011, the couple lived in uh, Murrieta. Records state that David Turpin was an engineer and that his wife was a homemaker. And here's the wonderful news. They're homeschoolers. And there we go. And there you go. That's what people, that's, you know, that's what the media, that's what the left is going to run with here. This is what happens when you start homeschooling. That's, I told you these people are weird. They're weirdos. They got, they got no social skills. Pretty soon you keep your kids locked to their beds, chained up. Uh, This is going to be used against homeschoolers. Neighbors Zinzi and Ricardo Ross expressed their disbelief. Uh, They said it's very shocking, very devastating. It's crazy. Can't believe this is going on. In fact, some of the neighbors have said they never even saw the kids, which leads you to believe that they were chained up a lot. Others said you only saw them at night, and they kind of joked about the fact that it was like one of those families on Twilight who are vampires because they only come out at night and they were very pale-skinned. It's really strange, too, because they if you look at their Facebook page, they've got pictures of having a great time at Disneyland or in Las Vegas. Apparently, the parents renewed their vows at least three times with an Elvis impersonator at uh, the Elvis Chapel. It's super romantic. <laughs> right? I mean, it's hard to believe that, you know, that kind of romance going on in the house. <laughs> oh. They were better parents. <clears throat> They, were, they renewed their uh, vows in 2011, 2013, 2015 at the Elvis Chapel in Vegas. Uh, the last one on, in 2015 was on Halloween. Oh, that's a, now that's a, that's a lover's holiday right Man, there. Man, that is beautiful. That, that just warms you, the cockles of your heart. Had I not had my cockles surgically removed. Well, it's difficult. They'd, they'd be warming right now. Even though they would not because of global warming mm. oh, and the right. fact that it's, you know, Cold. single digits everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, no. story is so beautiful, though. It, w- it would definitely warm them, I think. 
Louise is in a white wedding gown. Uh, Father David is uh, wearing a tuxedo. Elvis, of course, is in the background in a gold lame jacket, uh-huh. as you would expect. There's a baby in a frilly pink dress and nine other girls in matching pink and purple plaid dresses. The boys have on black suits and magenta ties. Their haircuts are mop top, you know, like the Beatles from 1965. Uh, just really strange. Many of the children appear thin in the photos, but not obviously super unhealthy or emaciated like they apparently are now. So I don't know if this is a new thing that they started doing. I don't I don't know how you keep the 29-year-old locked up like that. Did, did they not go to college? Did they not meet people? Have they been this way for his entire life? Can you imagine the hell that must have been? Fortunately, on Sunday, uh, one of the girls, 17-year-old girl, escaped somehow uh, took a cell phone that was in the house, ran down the street, and called 911 and said, Hey, we're, we're, my family, my brothers and sisters are all chained up like, like animals to their beds. Our parents are keeping us captive. And that's when authorities descended on them. And then, of course, included in the article is the homeschooling. They started a private homeschool that they uh, founded in 2014 and 15 called Sandcastle Day School. Mm. They had 5th, 6th, 8th, ninth, 10th, and 12th graders in this school. All their kids, of course. And uh, because private schools like this, homeschools, don't have to get approval from the local school district, I'm sure they're going to use this to try to enforce that from now on you got you have to. Because we want to prevent things like this from happening. Uh, The Turpins middle class neighborhood where their unkept lawn was one of the things neighbors had noticed most was a buzz, of course, with what had happened. Uh, More than two dozen people gathered out on the sidewalk. People drove by the house, slowing down, taking pictures with their cell phones. Just it's a freak show now. Uh, One of the neighbors... Andrea Valdez said she first saw four cop cars at about 8.15 Sunday morning. One deputy was there until 10 p.m. that night. And, of course, uh, Child Protective Services showed up as well. Uh, Really, really a sad situation. So how long has this been going on, though? That we don't know yet. Because we don't know the motivation of it or how long it's happened. I, I don't know that they've been allowed to uh, interview the kids yet. They're, they sent them immediately to the hospital and, you know, started feeding them because they're all emaciated. And, and I guess these normal-looking photos that they posted on Facebook, I guess would indicate that hopefully this hasn't been going on too long. That's what I, you I, would hope, yeah. But at the same time... But how do you have a 29-year-old in there? Exactly. Chained to a bed at 29 years well, old. What I thought you were... Unless you've had him there his whole life. Well, but what I was going to say is they look so young when they're adults, mm-hmm. then maybe this has been going on for so long. So I just don't know. Uh, this is terrible. Yeah, it's a, it's a creepy, really tragic story. Uh, and you just wonder, all the homes around it, and nobody knew what was going on here? 
I, I, you know, that's kind of an indication of how much we keep to ourselves, isn't it? And don't pay attention. And, you know, maybe in some ways that's, that's good because you don't have nosy neighbors. <laughs> but then you, you miss things like this that are happening right under your nose. I mean, did the kids never cry out? Maybe they were too scared. I don't know. But with homes on top of each other like that, usually there'd be some noise that somebody might notice. Mm. Something going on. You would have had to have seen them come and go at least on the way to Disneyland and Vegas for all the uh, beautiful ceremonies with the Elvis impersonator. Oh, yeah. And didn't I, I think I uh, read that the grandparents haven't seen the kids. Yeah, they haven't seen the kids. And they call them. They call and I guess they talk to the children or the the parents, but never talk to the children. Doesn't that seem weird? Hmm. I mean, as as a grandparent, I would be saying, hey, let me talk to the kids. Whole situation. Pretty bizarre. Hard to get your head around. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. Apparently, uh, the president was asked about his recent immigration comments, and he said, yeah, I want want them, meaning immigrants, I want them to come in from everywhere. He's slightly changing his tune from, why why do we have to take everybody from these these crap-hole countries? Although I can't find the audio on that so far. Uh, Also, people on Twitter in Norway were saying thanks but no thanks to the president after he made his comments about those kind of countries, the crap hole countries like Haiti and some of the African nations. Rather than coming from here, we should get more people from Norway. They were quick. Those wonderful Norwegians were quick to say, yeah, (laughs) no thank you. Yeah, good. Good. Don't come here and bring your socialism to our great nation. Yep. Uh, They cite that nobody wants to come to the United States because we have health care for all, family leave, free education, and real gun control. Right. How much did that help when 78 children were shot dead? By that psycho a few years ago. How was your gun control then? Must be nice to have the United States of America spend $650 billion on defense so that we can protect your butts. And you don't have to. Uh, That must be a good feeling. It must be nice to take everybody's hard-earned dollars and apply it toward everybody else's free education. Good for you. Yeah, that's that's great. Keep doing it. Keep living in 850 square feet apartments. Go ahead. That's that's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> Happiest place on earth, supposedly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
drives me out of my mind. Uh, this Norway stuff. If if Norway is so, keep it. <laughs> Why don't we just go there? <laughs> I don't want to go the and culture route, but let's just go ahead and let's just. You know what? Since we just can't get that, we can't get it right. Let's just let's just shut it all down. You know what? We're just gonna take a hiatus for a while. How about that? Yes. <laughs> I, I would love to, frankly, because mm-hmm. I am so sick of people like these Norwegians who are tweeting all this stuff. Good. Go function on your own. You know what? Don't come crying to us when the Russians invade. Hey, we're just going to sit back and watch it happen. You've got such a great country. Uh, you know, you can offer the, the Russians free health care once they swarm over the top of your country. Once they're in Oslo. <laughs> Good for you. Good luck. I would love, frankly, to just stop all foreign aid from, especially from the ingrates like Norwegians. Uh, let's just okay function on your own, and when uh, when enemies come calling, don't look to us. Good luck on your own. You got a wonderful, happy place. Defend it. <laughs> I, it's, so, it's so irritating. Joni Ernst was in a town hall meeting uh, with a bunch of angry residents. They were talking about uh, the president's comments on this crap hole thing. And she's trying to defend him and trying to say that, no, you know what? He he was actually defending countries is what he was doing. And- he is standing up for a lot of the countries that where we have seen. Um, name some- a few. Could you name a few? Yeah, you bet. Norway, um, Norway. is one of them. You know, you laugh at folks. Who borders Norway? Russia. Russia. A few. Okay, so. So Norway's one of them. I think they were hoping for, I don't know, a country where there's predominantly minority people. I don't know. I got one. South Korea. Okay. Because he's definitely standing up for them. He sure is. Yeah, he's definitely done that. Hmm. Very true. Uh, How about... How about countries like Iraq and Afghanistan, where ISIS has been virtually eliminated, where we have, frankly, won the war. I mean, they declared the war won in Iraq. And in Syria, we've made amazing strides. And how about how about those predominantly Muslim countries? You can make a pretty good case that he's done a pretty good job there. It's amazing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, another, another attack on um, Muslims in this country. Uh, Kala Norman, 11 years old, uh, spoke to reporters last Saturday with her mother at Pauline Johnson Jr. Public School in uh, Toronto, alleging that a man cut her hijab with scissors. She claimed that she was assaulted by a man who tried to cut her hijab off. And guess what? Once again, as with the recent incident in New York, it didn't happen. Police, uh, the police statement gave no indication as to what motivated her claim. And it, but it drew national and international attention. Here we are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Toronto police spokesman Mark Pugash said yesterday an extensive investigation was conducted police concluded just didn't happen something that we that received quite understandably a lot of media and social media attention and i know it caused significant concern as it should 
Uh, of course, uh, Trudeau, the leader of Canada's Prime Minister, oh, Justin Trudeau. He's, he's, he's so good. Oh, he's great. <laughs> if you love socialists, you're going to love this guy. Oh, we got a place for Norwegians to land. Right. So Justin Trudeau strongly condemned the attack in a statement issued after the girl's claim made national news. My heart goes out to Kala Norman following this morning's cowardly attack on her in Toronto, Canada. It's an open and welcoming country, and incidents like this cannot be tolerated. But I guess the fake accusations can be, because the attack never occurred. Uh, Pugash declined to say whether the girl acknowledged it didn't happen. He said police wouldn't take a step like this unless they were absolutely confident. It's absolutely unusual. It's actually not that unusual. This is happening all the time. And I don't know if it's to try to make the rest of us look like we hate Islam. But wow, this happens a lot. After a detailed investigation, though, police have determined that the events described in the original news release did not happen. Mm-hmm. They reviewed surveillance camera footage, interviewed several residents who live near the Toronto primary school where the girl said she was attacked by a man who cut her hijab with scissors as she walked to school with her younger brother. <laughs> First of all, why would anybody do that? Uh, it's just stupid. Now, I- I'm just scrolling through Justin Trudeau's tweets because I figured, you know, certainly he's got a retraction or, hey, we can't tolerate this, you know, does uh-huh. no good for our society. Uh-huh. Um, I scrolled all the way. I found his um, his tweet on January 12th about the attack and, and how, you know, shame on Canada. Um, I, I, I don't see him addressing the fact that she lied. What a stunning surprise. Mm-hmm. So the lie, the fake story gets covered by everybody mm-hmm. and everybody just believes it. Mm-hmm. Oh, those hateful Christians. The prime minister. Oh, those hateful people. It's, it's more, you know what it is? It's, it's more Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. People just believe that all Muslims are terrorists. Even this poor 11-year-old girl just innocently wearing her hijab. And somebody cut it with scissors. And then when that turns out to be a complete fabrication, a total lie, then that's not covered. You know, they were still saying after that, the woman in... She was on a, a subway, I think, and she claims that five white guys came up and started hassling her, pushing her around, hitting her. They took her hijab off and stomped on it or something something to that effect. That got all kinds of attention. And CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations, denounced them and talked about how all oh, these kinds of assaults and attacks are on the rise. And Islamophobia is peaking in the United States of America. And then a few days later, she retracted. No, nah, it didn't happen. Nothing like that happened. Why? Well, because footage showed her on the subway and nothing ever happened. So she was caught. And so she finally admitted, yeah, I made it up. <laughs> Why? Why? Why is this happening all the time? Hmm. It's because they're trying to make the rest of us look Islamophobic. And they, they want us to remain silent when anything happens. And it seems to be a pretty good technique, actually. It's pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to, to speak out and sound like they're Islamophobic. And, I mean, out of, we've talked about this before. Out of a nation of 320 million people, and then an attack like 9-11... 
and continual attacks, both here and abroad, by extremists. And yet, there's still so much tolerance and so much reason applied to the situation where we all know it's not all Muslims. And nobody's out attacking Muslims on a regular basis. And yet these stories continue to come to make it sound as if they are. It's just, uh, it's, it's very frustrating. I just uh, reached out to the Prime Minister of Canada. Hopefully he'll offer... A, Through a tweet? Yeah, hopefully he'll offer a retraction, you know? <laughs> there we go. Let's see. I, in fact, I linked a story for him if he just wants to... If he, Maybe he couldn't find it. Maybe he didn't know. Right. Because, right. I mean, he's been he's tweeted in the last 20 minutes, so right. maybe he just hasn't gotten around to, you know, the CBC website that, uh, you know, the main news source up there. Anyway, I'm sure he'll get around to it. We'll all hold our breath and, and wait for that, mm-hmm. that tweet to come out from uh, Justin Trudeau. I, I don't know why Canada continually puts in uh, socialists like this. They had... Harper for a while, and he was great. Yeah. And then they went right back to socialism. And see, I thought of that. Right back to Harper it. Harper was incredibly good. Yeah, and was. unfortunately, his time in office paralleled Barack Obama's time in office. Yeah. So, you know, the, it, so they were jealous. Well, America's got a socialist in office. Why can't we have one? <laughs> yeah. It just sucks <laughs> that North America, we can't just, you know, sync up our leaders at the same time. But right. yeah, we're, we're definitely... Uh, World War socialism now in Canada again. It's agonizing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, we have some interesting audio from Rand Paul, who's apparently had enough of Trump being called a racist over his comments the other day about the crap hole thing. Uh, And he talked about when he went on a on a mission to Haiti. To uh, a lot of American doctors go there to just remove cataracts from people because they don't have doctors who can do that. And it's literally saving their eyesight because you just take the cataract out and replace the lens in their eye and they can see really well for the rest of their lives. So they're, they are doing this on a regular basis. Yeah. And he talks about Trump's participation in this. Take a look. You know, I don't think the comments were constructive at all, but I also think that, to be fair, we shouldn't draw conclusions that he didn't intend. Mm -hmm. I know personally about his feelings towards Haiti and towards Central America because when I was not a candidate for president and he wasn't a candidate for president, I went down there on a medical mission trip. I did about 200 cataract surgeries with a group of surgeons in Haiti and the same in Central America. And when we asked Donald J. Trump as a private citizen to support those trips, he was a large uh, financial backer of both medical mission trips. So I think it's unfair to sort of draw conclusions conclusions from a remark that I think wasn't constructive is the least we can say. And I think it's unfair then to sort of all of a sudden paint him, oh, well, he's a racist, when I know for a fact that he cares uh, very deeply about the people in Haiti because he helped to finance a trip where we were get, able to get vision back for 200 people in Haiti. Wow. And, you know, nice job to Rand Paul, who actually did the work as well. Mm-hmm. And for him to jump in there and defend Donald Trump like that, kind of interesting. Uh, that's, that's pretty big of him. I mean, he's not exactly the biggest Trump fan on the planet. He's certainly not a Trump yes man. No, but he's definitely been cordial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> without without yeah. being, you know, Most obnoxious. Most been cordial. But he hasn't been, like, you know, following him around. Like, hey, you know, let's, he's actually, Rand Paul's been walking a fine line. Yeah. And, yeah, he um, has. you know, if we could ever, you know, find the truth out of the uh, lawnmower story, <laughs> then uh, that would be nice. He'd be back to 
All right. Uh, 888-900-3393. Cosmo Hurts Kids is on a mission right now. The founder of this movement is Victoria Hurst. Her family's corporation, the Hearst Corporation, publishes Cosmopolitan magazine. But she believes that Cosmo contains pornography, which is harmful to kids. Uh, and here's a good indication of what you can find in that wonderful publication. Mm. Things like Wobbling Willy, which is uh, you can now personalize sex toys with your boyfriend's face. Because that's... That's who great, want right? That, right? Hmm? Now, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want your eight-year-old reading about that? This is ridiculous, man. Uh, not to mention all the images in the book or the, the magazine, all of the, the photographs, the ads, the articles. It just is pornography. Now, she's not trying to censor any of that. She doesn't want to drive it out of business. She's just trying to have the state's material harmful to minor laws applied to Cosmo as it is other forms of porn. Then... Cosmo couldn't be sold to kids under 18. If you think it makes sense, as I do, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com so that Cosmo can't be sold to kids who are under the 18 years old. CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. Welcome. 888-900-3393. Just to show you how uh, society is heading right now, as far as uh, whether discrimination is fine against white people, conservatives, men in general, the answer is yes. That's fine. Uh, do you remember James Damore? He's the guy who wrote the company-wide memo about Google at Google and, and was immediately fired for it because he was trying to inject some sanity into Google policies. How dare he? Well, uh, in a piece for the UK Guardian, feminist Lori Penny declares proudly it's fine to discriminate against bigots and bullies, by which she means conservatives. Um, Damore was the young engineer Google fired for calling out the company on its totalitarian workplace culture of political correctness. Um, but Penny called Damore in her Guardian piece a sexist a-hole who authored an eye-poppingly sexist company-wide memo about why men are naturally better at computers than women. It's really not what he said. Anyone who's met Damore or even read the utterly reasonable internal memo he wrote would find those accusations ridiculous. But Penny says he's now a martyr for an alt-right that believes that losing your job for being a sexist a-hole is an injustice, equivalent to facing centuries of structural oppression. And the political correctness to more exposed, Penny says that it's what used to be called human decency. Mm, no, it's really not. She went on to link Demore to Donald Trump and privileged white people, of course. She, by the way, is white. I love these self-loathing white people all over the planet. And 
such nonsense about liberals being compassionate while conservatives deny medical care to poor brown people. You see that all the time. There's stacks of brown people throughout Texas who've been denied health care coverage and uh, any kind of assistance at all. They're dead, laying in the streets, piled high. Just uh, And then you know what they do? They just sweep them into the... Wait, that's what I'm yeah. seeing? It's just really Side sad. Of really sad. Big yeah. stacks of bodies. Uh, <laughs> she writes, character matters, which is precisely what, char- what conservatives say all the time. The new right feeds off this narrative of victimhood. Oh, my gosh. The right feeds off victimhood? Okay. <laughs> it is odd that the idea of decency and personal responsibility has now become the domain of progressives. Hypocrisy, oversensitivity, and intolerance of difference, she says, are practically the watermarks of the right. Good heavens. She writes, I discriminate against people who are right-wing and conservative. I'm entirely happy to say so. I don't view it as hypocrisy to judge people by their personal qualities rather than their background and appearance. If people are bigots and bullies, I will judge them for that. Nice. I mean, this, this kind of stuff is what leads to totalitarian oppression, to an end to free speech. And it's all coming from the left. The people who are so, so tolerant and so, so inclusive. As long as you stick to everything they believe, then, then sure, yeah, they are. And this Absolutely. is why we can't talk to each other. Uh, it is. Got to get through this. I don't know how we do. I, I, it, it's, it's getting worse by the day. When you've got people openly saying, sure, it's fine to discriminate against conservatives because they're evil, how do you even begin to deal with that? Well, and you've got this uh, mom on Facebook who I guess blogs and, um, I don't know, she made the wrong person angry. And uh, they said, let's uh, burn this Christian woman and be done with it. And so she complained to Facebook, and Facebook's going to be doing nothing about this. So it just uh, rolls on. Yeah, it's a Facebook group that wants to burn alive a Christian pro-family activist who takes bold stances against feminism, political correctness, and the LGBT lobby. Uh, Conservative blogger Elizabeth Johnston, also known as the activist mommy, took umbrage when she found a Facebook group called I Will Find the Activist Mommy and Burn Whoever Runs It Alive. Wow. The activist mommy's common sense and bucking of political correctness have gained her a large online audience. And her social media accounts have been targeted for censorship by Facebook and Twitter. She first reported the group that wants to burn her alive for harassment, reported them to Facebook, and then encouraged others to flag it. Facebook responded to her by saying that the group didn't go against one of Facebook's specific community standards. Really? It's okay to say you want to burn someone alive? That doesn't go against your standard? Facebook moderator suggested that Johnston send the exact content that she deemed harassment, like a photo instead of the entire group. Uh, She was outraged by the response. So... A page named I Will Find Activist Mommy and Burn Whoever Runs It Alive does not go against Facebook's community standards. Apparently Hmm. not. She says, if that's not targeted violence, nothing is. Facebook is a joke. Share this, everybody. Legal implications of uttering a death threat, though, uh, should maybe have occurred to to whoever runs that page. 
even though I guess it's okay by Facebook community standards, it's, it's not okay by legal standards. You can't just threaten to kill people and get away with that. At least I hope you can't. We'll see, though. I guess because of her standards, because she's Christian, and, you know, she takes a stand against certain things like political correctness and the LGBTQIALMNEIO. Oh, you were so close. Uh, Because you take a stand against them, I guess it is okay to say we're going to burn you alive. 888-900-3393. Also, we've got to tell you about the first human frozen by cryonics. We talked about this last week. They're supposedly going to be brought back to life in the next 10 years. Hmm. That'll be interesting to see. And wait till they see the country that's waiting for them. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you imagine? 888 It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. 888-900-3393. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, interesting. We talked about this the other day a little bit about the cryog- cryogenics. The first man ever frozen cryogenically was in 1967. And so I, I don't remember what disease he had. Maybe cancer. And they froze him after he died right away. And he's been frozen ever since. So for 50 years, the guy has been dead but frozen. Now they're saying that that guy could be revived and brought back to life within the next 10 years. They originally predicted it would be 2040 to 2050 when they could make this happen. But now they're saying maybe by 2028. Comes from Dennis Kowalski, who's the president of the U.S.-based Cryonics Institute. They're, uh, I guess, getting all kinds of business now in the human freezing process. He said the technology is advancing so quickly he can't keep up with the demand anymore. Says, if you take something like CPR, that would have seemed unbelievable 100 years ago. Now we take that technology for granted. And so it's time to start thawing people out and reviving them. Well, you got to wait this cold front passes because uh, right, it's not going to work right now. Just step outside and be refrozen the minute <laughs> right. they get out there. <laughs> uh, he says it depends on how much technology like stem cells advance. It's important that the body tissue is preserved in the process. He went on cryonically bringing someone back to life should definitely be doable in 100 years, but it could be as soon as 10. Mm. The Cryonics Institute in Michigan has almost 2,000 thousand people signed up to be frozen after they die and 160 patients already frozen in tanks of liquid nitrogen to bring a frozen body back from the dead there's three major problems that they would have to overcome i'm guessing i haven't looked at this (laughs) this far into the story yet Uh, i'm guessing one of the problems is 
they're dead. <laughs> is that not one of the problems? That, shouldn't that you be let the, them oh. die in the first place. Shouldn't you freeze them, I don't know, before they die? It seems like that would be the only problem. You could just sum up the article <laughs> right there. All right, well, let's see. Let's look into this a little okay. bit deeper. What do we got? 160 bodies already frozen. First, the cells that caused the person to die, <laughs> such as cancerous cells, would have to be cured. Hold on, hold on. That caused the person to what? To die. So they're dead. So you're curing them after death. What are you doing, man? Doesn't make any sense to me. Gotta freeze them before that happens. Is it just me? Maybe a scientist could call us and tell us how this works. I mean, shouldn't you freeze them before they die? Poor planning. Of course, then (laughs) you might be accused of killing them. Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Cells damaged by the freezing process would also need to be fixed. Oh, see, now now you've screwed it up even more. Now, so there's two problems. Okay, you got to fix the cancer. you got to fix the cells that were damaged in the freezing process because it's not really healthy necessarily to be frozen. Mm. <laughs> this, this doesn't feel like the trajectory is going gonna... to... I felt like I was frozen last night. It got down to about 59 degrees in my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time I, I got into bed, I thought, I'm... I'm going to die of the cold here. I, it's, uh, I've been wow. too exposed. So I can't even imagine if you <laughs> are actually frozen solid in liquid nitrogen. Oh, my goodness. How uh, frozen you would actually be. Finally, the cells damaged by the aging process would also have to be repaired. Well, I thought that's. I thought that the freezing was to stop the aging process. See, Isn't what it? I was thinking... <laughs> Really strange. This is uh, this isn't gonna end well. We're gonna have zombies. That's that's what's gonna happen. What do you think though? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. This is an interesting uh, situation to me because let's say you were frozen in nineteen sixty eight, and you come back fifty years later, like now. Of course, they can't do it yet. But let's say you come back now. What would be the most surprising thing to you? Mm. That Donald Trump is president? (laughs) That since you went to sleep, we've had an actor and a game show host become president of the United States? (laughs) Would that be the most surprising thing? Or would it be technological advances like cell phones and satellite TV and GPS? And oh, oh, by the way, we went to the moon the year after you were frozen. Uh And when then we stopped doing that like 47 years ago. And... Yes, they'll say, hey, wait a minute. All those hippies? You gave them power? Yeah. Because it's 1968. Oh, no. I don't In 1968. Refreeze me. You remember uh, what's-his-face from the Weather Underground, Bill Ayers, mm-hmm. as a terrorist. Today you find out he is an honored, by the left anyway, an honored professor at the University of Chicago. That would be a pretty big surprise. Uh, would you, would the rancor seem worse today, or was it worse back in 1968 when there were race riots and wow, and and Vietnam protests and things got out of control on a pretty regular basis, and there were multiple assassinations in the decade, or would it seem worse today? Yeah. So so welcome back. Um, Got a few things to tell you. We, we remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. Remember we we're living on edge. Okay, we're kind of still going through that with another country. Um, now, but the good news is we did win the Cold War, <laughs> so we won the Cold War. But then we 
we willfully elected Marxists to run our country, it don't ask questions. Just just read an encyclopedia. It, it'll all make sense. Actually, it'll never make sense. But I can't imagine. I mean, this is idiocracy. Either. This is a movie idiocracy in a nutshell. It would be it would be an amazing experience. Uh, what do you what do you think would be the most stunning news to hear after waking up when you went to sleep mm-hmm. and were frozen in 1950, and now you see everything that's gone on today? It was 1967. Is that right? 1967? Yeah, 1967. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so that would be the year that the Falcons became a franchise, and no, they have not yet won a Super Bowl. So nothing changed. No, there. that would be shocking whatsoever. Essentially, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That would uh, that that would be interesting, but yeah, I think that it'd almost be like Back to the Future, where it'd be you'd have these family members that you would meet. That uh, now I guess he went back in time, but still, um, it's just it's mind blowing. Just uh, and mm-hmm. to even think that the tech- do you think that the technology? Okay, yesterday we talked about driverless cars mm-hmm. and how we just could not see ourselves getting behind the wheel. In fact, I think we were more comfortable flying in a drone, a man, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a manless drone. Um, but it's like, I can't even begin to fathom this, the driverless cars. I can fathom because they're obviously a thing that's, you know, being tested out, but I can't even, the the science in this, someone please explain this to me. I don't even know how the, the, the biology, I honestly don't think it's going to work. So how did this even begin a hundred years? Could you make that work? Mm, I don't know. Maybe, but it seems like. If you're a religious person, hasn't yeah. the spirit left the body like a long time ago? You're not you're not going to be frozen in that body because you died, so your spirit left your body. So once you're warmed up, are you are you being sucked back into your body after all that time? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't believe that could ever be a thing, frankly. Your thoughts? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's interesting topic. Uh, as is. Ashley Banfield, who seems like a really strange person to be defending somebody who's been accused of sexual assault, but she is. She jumped in to defend comedian Aziz Ansari. We talked about his situation. He's an anonymous accuser who consented to a one-night stand with him. And then she says she, quote, didn't feel right after. Well, I'm sorry you didn't feel right, but that's... Kind of too late, right? Here's Ashley Banfield from uh, from Headline News on the topic. What you have done, in my opinion, is appalling. You went to the press mm. with the story of a bad date, and you have potentially destroyed this man's career over it right after he received an award for which he was worthy. If you were sexually assaulted, go to the cops. If you were sexually harassed, jeopardizing your work, Speak up and speak out loud. Mm -hmm. But by your own descriptions, that is not what happened. You had an unpleasant date and you did not leave. That is on you. And all the gains that have been achieved on your behalf Mm -hmm. and mine are now being compromised by the allegations that you threw out there. And I'm going to call them reckless and hollow. I cannot name you publicly and sentence you to a similar career hit, as I'm sorry, because you chose to remain anonymous. Lucky you. Mm, wow. Uh, that's pretty strong mm-hmm. and surprising from somebody like Ashley Banfield. Well, good. I mean, maybe maybe we're going to get a grip on this thing after all. Maybe there's going to be enough people that say, whoa, wait a minute. Where is this thing taking us? 
that we finally slow down a little bit and take an assessment of where we are. Have we gone too far with this thing? Yeah, I think so. Based on this particular story with Ansari, she's also now you've got porn stars speaking out against Donald Trump. Not just porn stars, but the friend of a porn star who heard this story secondhand went on Megan Kelly. I, I got to tell what is wrong with Megan Kelly lately? What happened? This seems really irresponsible to me. She had a friend of somebody named Stormy Daniels who was describing... It's her birth name, right? Oh, I'm sure it is. Stormy yeah, right? Daniel, Daniels? Oh, of course. Stormy sure. Sure it is. <laughs> That's her given name. Why would you doubt that? I know. I was just clarifying. Okay. I, I wasn't necessarily doubting All it. All right. So she doesn't have Stormy Daniels on. Megan instead invites Stormy Daniels friend on to tell what was described to her in an encounter with Donald Trump in 2006. But having her tell me the next day when I asked, how did it go? And she says, well, picture this, Donald Trump chasing me around the bedroom in his tidy whities <laughs> isn't something that you ever forget. That was her description of what yes, happened. Yes. Wow. So whether you believe that or not, it's come secondhand to uh, Megyn Kelly. And we don't even know because she says they never discussed it again. So we don't know if they did anything. We don't know if she was upset about being chased around in his tidy whities I don't even, did it even happen? Can you prove it happened? So I guess this is going to be the attack on, uh, on Donald Trump now that he chased Stormy Daniels around a hotel room after he was married in his tidy whities And what happened after that? I don't know. Apparently Stormy Daniels isn't talking about it. But her friend is. This is where we are now. This is a frightening place to be. It's, it's not healthy, it's not good, and it's not right. 888 Thoughts on any of these things? Let me tell you about uh, Mercury Real Estate Agencies. Uh, agents, real estate agents. I trust Glenn and Tanya started this company because they got really frustrated trying to sell their home in Connecticut. It was a bad experience for them. And when you hire family members or friends, you know, it's, it might be, you're trying to be nice and you don't want to say no to them. It usually ends badly for everybody involved. And on such a big investment, probably the biggest investment you'll ever make in your life. You have to have it go right. Real Estate Agents I Trust is a network of over 1,200 agents all over America. They're rigorously qualified by Glenn's team. They check their experience and their marketing plans and the character they have. And the results they get for their clients. Those are the barometers the team uses. So it's made up of just the best agents in America. And they also are huge fans of Glenn's show. So they share your values. If you need to sell a house fast and for the most money or maybe you want to buy one, Go to Real Estate Agents I Trust right now, and you'll be introduced to the best agent in your town. Let our agents earn your business. Get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pat Gray returns. Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Some tweets at Pat Unleashed. GD Chapel. I looked at my cryptocurrency accounts this morning. Looks like Pat Unleashed started investing at about four a.m. Did you? No, I actually <laughs> promise. Sleeping soundly at four a.m. Thank you. Hmm. So is it? It's crashing today. Um, Bitcoin going down. Yeah, mm. it's not. Uh, it's not been doing well. <clears throat> Where but, is it? Um, Do we know? Well, my because phone's it w- rebooting. It was right around. <laughs> It was around 16, right? 16,000. Yeah, I'll check it here. 15, 16, something like that. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Hermanet, I hope New California happens. Uh, then maybe it'll set the precedent so that upstate New York will secede from New York City. Maybe then things can improve up where I live. Uh, and Nick in Detroit. Hey, when are you going to update us oh. on what happened to the Flat Earth guy's rocket launch? Did yes. he prove it's flat or not? Inquiring minds. I will look know. into that. By the way, um, Bitcoin now 11382 Wow. Did, is it really? Are you sure you didn't invest maybe in your sleep? 11000 Good not, night. That's down four or 5000 right? That's not pleasant at all. See hmm. that number. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, it gives me pause to think, well, okay, is today the day I jump in, or does it continue to plummet? Yeah, this is the time to jump in when it's down, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to look into the Flat Earther guy, because I had forgotten all about that. I yes, did, too. Yes, yes, Thanks yes, for yes. the reminder there, because, yeah, that's important. We must, we must find out if the Flat Earthers are right, and he was, he was bound and determined to do that. In the meantime, my jihad against this company that puts these ads that look like actual stories on websites, websites all over the place. And it looks like a little news story off to the side of what you're reading. And they're really good at catching your eye because, you know, they'll talk about, well, for instance, it said breaking news, Rob Gronkowski under investigation as as the NFL overhauls their drug testing program. Now, the initial headline was it's a like it's not a good day for the Patriots this morning, and then it had Gronkowski's picture, and then you go to it, and it says breaking news with a Fox News banner at the top of it. They've actually it shows that they're Fox News, but they're not. And then it does the breaking news headline, talks about him being under investigation, and it makes it sound like he's taking a performance-enhancing drug. Uh, The article says Rob Gronkowski immediately went on the defensive and said, my injury problems have nothing to do with not being protected. Everyone was just always one step ahead. These guys were all taking some type of performance enhancer, and I didn't know how they were getting away with it. So he looked into it, and he found that uh, it's not illegal. No. It's not a steroid. It's just a nice supplement that is fantastic, and it definitely improves his performance. He says, here, they're quoting him. I don't do any drugs. I don't even drink. This is 100% natural, this product. When we asked if he thought taking the supplement was dishonest and misleading, he laughed. Now, again, they're attributing a quote to a person they've never talked to. Mm. First of all, everyone is using this. I mean everybody. Not just athletes in pro sports, but in Hollywood as well. It's completely fine because it's not illegal and it contains no drugs or anything illegal. This is the real deal. The ultimate performance enhancer. Whether you're an athlete or not, 
any man of any age can absolutely, without a doubt, benefit from taking this daily. Sounds just like Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would just sing its praises like sure. that. And it's interesting they picked someone on the Patriots. Isn't it? Hmm. After doing my research and talking, talking with my doctors, <clears throat> I realized that I had been too narrow-minded and stubborn and should have looked into it. Well, I finally did. And I can tell you that I feel great. I'm in the best shape of my life and stronger than ever before. Oh, yeah. Why do you keep getting injured? That's a good question. <laughs> He's not currently, though, right? Not right now. So anyway, they decided to put it to the test. And it's, uh, I won't even say the name of it, but it's, it's uh, for the Fox News test. A free bottle of this stuff was delivered in just a few days. And we were only charged for shipping. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just investigating this amazing supplement for your benefit. And then they show you the results of this guy gets incredibly buffed in just a couple of weeks. Wait, someone other than Rob Gronkowski? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just a normal guy now. And then at the bottom of this news story is an ad that says re receive a risk-free bottle of this stuff. Well, that's just that's just in there. I mean, that's not right. I, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. Right. And then it says take advantage of our exclusive link and pay only 4.95 for shipping. And then it lists all the great places, Men's Health, Men's Journal, Maxim, Sharp, Playboy, all these places apparently where there's great stories um, on this new supplement that's not a drug. And Rob Gronkowski has been quoted just singing its praises. So why isn't Gronkowski doing the face cream thing? Because this is better for him in his oh. line of work, I think. Yep, you could point. Yeah. You're right. Uh it's interesting. I bet you this it's the same company because it's the same style as the fake ads they do for Chip and Joanna Gaines. They make up quotes out of whole cloth. They lie about all these different scenarios. They bring in Chip and Joanna, obviously. Even make up a marital problem between them because she kept it from him that she's leaving the show. <laughs> Michael Jordan and LeBron James, they lie about them all the time. They lie about Rob Gronkowski. How do they get away with it? Why is this legal? Why aren't they ever stopped? We've talked about this multiple times, and they continue to get away with it. I don't understand it. I just, how can you do this in the United States of America? Very, very strange. 888 uh, Oh, let's go to Mike in uh, North Carolina. Mike, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. How you doing? Nice to talk to you again. You too. Um, um, yesterday, I was going to call in about uh, the the uh, the car the driver cars and um, how that would affect DUIs. <laughs> but yeah. um, um, the media has turned us into the seventh grade. But uh, let me mm -hmm. get to what I was um, calling about. Mm -hmm. I got family in Norway, and um, the government really clamps down on them. They check their social media. They control what they say. They're really scared up there. And um, it used to be one of the safest places in the world. The children used to run around the town. But when they, the EU started giving them money to take in these uh, refugees, and I won't say from where, we all know, mm -hmm. um, but now the, the rapes are up, the murder is up, and the, the, you have to keep your kids inside. And they dropped them off here, um, in, well, there in Norway, with no shoes, no, no coats, in the middle of winter, just dropped them off in town, said, have at it. And it's, it's bad, wow. man. Wow. Well, yeah, I, they're having difficulties, yeah. I think, uh, in Norway, Sweden, and, and Finland. And Scandinavia, yeah. Yeah, the Scandinavian countries are, because of all the things they offer for free, well, for taxpayer mm -hmm. money, um, yep. they're being overrun. 
that that's the word, and that's what I hear. And some yeah. of these places are really rural. Rural, rural is that how you? Say? Yeah. <laughs> some of these the, places, it takes three hours to get to a hospital, and, and where my uh, family lives up there, and they say that they just stand around and stare at you, and wow, there's robberies, and it, it's not not. But see, when I talk to her, she can't really tell me what's going on until she comes to America and face to face, because they monitor everything. You can't say this over the phone there, because the government clamps down on them. Wow. What br- it's, it's, it's like that. What took them to Norway? Why are they there? <clears throat> Have they always um, been there, or did they move from here to there? Well, um, okay. Um, my grandparents were, they went through World War II and all that, and uh, they used to smuggle apples out to, you know, they used to keep some Jews in the uh, in, in underground. Mm. But um, So they had even had to change their name and everything. Um, so that's kind of where they, and then she, um, my grandpa met my grandma and that's how the family kind of got started and they grew up in Detroit. That's where I, I lived there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, she, my aunt decided to go back wow. to Norway. Okay. Hmm. And so that's kind of how it happened. But yeah, they yeah. live there right now and it's a beautiful place, but oh, yeah. it's, it's being overrun. That's the word you used and that's what it is. Thanks Mike. Appreciate it. Um, that's what happens when you've got a socialist government. When you have a governor, gov- government that has that kind of power, they're going to abuse that power every single time, which is why you don't allow the government to ever have that kind of power. Uh, you would think we'd learn that lesson sometime, wouldn't you? 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple Eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray. It is Pat Gray Unleashed. 888-900-3393. Uh, do, do we have the, uh, do we have President Trump talking about uh, his, his new policy? The new, newer policy that it was the old policy a couple days is ago. Is it new and improved? Yeah. Well, you know, you be the judge. Hmm, I think they're uh, still pulling that one. Uh, I don't know. Because, I mean, it's just... It's always changing. Okay. Are, are we sure we have the, the latest, very latest Trump well, immigration policy? The, the very yeah. latest we'll play for you in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have an update on this guy. But we do have mm-hmm. a Rocket Man update. The guy yeah. who's trying to prove the earth is flat. Okay. We do have an update from him. Yeah, he says that not ha- this is yesterday. He just posted this yesterday. Not having the required federal permits plus mechanical problems with his uh, motor home slash rocket launcher. This is on his <laughs> website. Forced self-taught rocket scientist Mad Mike used to put his experiment on hold. Oh, oh no. His experiment's on hold? Yeah, because you see the U.S. Bureau of Land Management, uh, quote, Uh-huh. The BLM. Mm-hmm. Told me they would not allow me to do the event, at least not at that location. You know why? Why? They're trying to stop him from proving the Earth is flat. That's why. You They know he's on to them. 
They know he's about to prove it, and they're trying to stop him. Well, yeah. I mean, it would be embarrassing on multiple fronts. He was all set to launch his rocket between uh, 2 and 3 p.m. on Saturday. This last Saturday, I guess. Mm. Plans have been in the works for more than a year. And he said he was initially told by BLM that it was up to the FAA to approve the launch. The FAA, Hughes said, told him, we can't honestly approve it. We just know that you're going to do it there. So the buck stops with you, (laughs) FAA, not the BLM. Think about this. Oh, man. Never mind the fact that it would be embarrassing that we finally find out that the earth is flat. Yeah. But the fact that he could do this without government assistance, and it only cost him $20,000, which includes Rust-Oleum paint to fancy up his rocket and a motorhome he bought on Craigslist that he converted into a ramp. $20,000. I mean, think of the tax money we spent going to outer space and blowing up, you know, mm-hmm. satellites and rockets on the ramp there. I mean, this is... Mm-hmm. So the government will not be mocked. Not by this guy. Sorry, Mad Mike Hughes. So he'll probably never get to prove his point that the earth is flat because they don't want you to know. And that's a real shame because real we shame. all know it. They don't want you to know. So uh, they'll just continue to thwart this guy as long as they possibly can and thwart his incredible launch. Mm-hmm. Not sure how he was going to prove its flatness. Um, just by getting up high enough. Just getting and just by high down enough and, and then, then look down and see that flat see disc. And we just believe him uh-huh. and just... <laughs> Hope that his battery doesn't die on his little hammer thingy. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Gordon in Florida, welcome to the Blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat and Keith. Hey. Mm-hmm. Hey. Um, so if I uh, had been put in cryogenic stasis in nineteen sixty seven and woke it up, say this year, the most mm-hmm. surprising thing to me would be that two years before I had died, we had a new senator from Michigan named John Cornyn. And then I wake up in, uh, in 2017 and realize that three weeks ago, the man finally resigned from office 50 years later. Wow. Not oh. John Cornyn, though, right? Because mm-hmm. he's, he's the Texas senator. I'm sorry, not John Cornyn. Yes. Uh, what was his name? Um, the, the congressman. I, I forgot. <laughs> Gosh, there's yes, so many. Um, <laughs> Conyers. 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 <laughs> there we go. John my, Conyers. My Google and my brain's yeah, not, I can't think yes. of that. That's how get started. <laughs> oh, that is, that is, yes. That's amazing. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gordon. Uh, then, uh, that is amazing. Go yes. to sleep in 1967. So Conyers was there, right? Or was it two years before that he was there? Mm. I'm trying to think of when he actually went into office in the first place. He first entered office in the yeah, year of 1965. It was, right. Yes. Because <laughs> it, was, it was 54, 53, 54 years. Good grief. And he just got out of office. Amazing. <laughs> that is, uh, that's incredible. And that's exactly what the founders wanted to prevent. Uh, but they didn't they didn't put in term limits because they figured an election is a term limit. They figured wrong. Yeah, they did. Oh. Yeah, they did. I wonder, you know what? That would be a good question uh, that we can't get the answer to. I would love to, if we had uh, cryogenically frozen, the founders brought them back and say, all right. So here's what's happened the last 200 years. Oh, what's the one oh thing gosh. you should have done, you know, differently to the Constitution? Jeez. Oh, man. I don't know. Made sure people can read? <laughs> because if we just would have followed the Constitution, we would have, we would have still been on, on, the, 
on the track from the roadmap they left us. Hmm. We just don't. We just ignore the roadmap, don't we? And and that's where we get all the problems. Dixie Chicks are back in the news. Uh, I'm surprised the Dixie Chicks are even around. Are they still a thing? Are they alive? Are we sure they're still chicks? A lot of time has passed. <laughs> I mean, we don't know anymore. I mean, it's just like the cryogenic guy. He's long and changed in 50 years. Natalie Maines, Dixie Chicks singer Natalie Maines, uh, has called President Trump mentally ill and elderly on Instagram. Uh, she said, listen, I think it's unbelievable how people are bad-mouthing the president. It's unacceptable. This is our president. How dare you make fun of the mentally ill and elderly? Isn't that funny? Wank, That's wank. great. Not to mention, he's the president of our United States of America. Unbelievable. Don't you know we live in a democracy? No. <laughs> oh, here we go. Natalie, buddy. I don't. Don't you know we live in a republic? Oh, good golly. Uh, and by the way, why haven't the Dixie Chicks changed their name? Dixie? So you're referring to the hateful South all the time? (laughs) The South that seceded from the Union based on trying to keep slavery? Why would you you ever want to be called Dixie Chicks? Wow. That is a great point. Wow. That racially charged name, and they still go by it. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, she's 43 now. I, I would have thought uh, even older than that. And obviously trying to remain relevant here by bashing another Republican president. When was the last time you ever heard a Dixie Chick song on the radio? <laughs> it's been a while. It was at never me. o'clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paula in Florida. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. How are you? Uh, doing good. Good. Um, I just wanted to pipe in here about the abortion debate. Mm -hmm. I am a woman who gave birth to my youngest child when I was 40, and my life was in peril. Mm. Um, I had a a placenta that that came detached, and I had a massive bleed. And at no time in that process was there even a consideration to abort a child. The process was to save my life and her life. Yeah. So I am vehemently opposed to abortion, and I believe that uh, the, all the rhetoric about saving a mother's life is is really a specious argument. Well, in this day and age, I think it is, right? It I is. Mean, did they ever tell you that if you gave birth, you they weren't going to be able to save you? Because I think modern medical medicine is able to, to do that, to save both, right? Well, um, I, I, did requ- I did bleed out two liters of blood. Um, I was, I received multiple transfusions. She was in the NICU for just over three months. Wow. But they do their best to save the life. And so me having aborted that child would have in no way changed my outcome at that point. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad. So is your baby okay? She's 16 and thriving. Oh, that's great. That's And obviously you're on the phone with us. And she loves you. you. She she loves you. She talks about that. Pat Gray and leakages all the time. <laughs> I know. Well, thanks a lot. Not Appreciate every kid that knows that. Thanks. Bye. Uh, thanks. I'm glad that turned out well. Uh, that's the thing, and you know, today's medicine, they can they can save both. I, and you ask a physician, how often do you have to sacrifice uh, the baby to save the mother? 
and I think they'll look at you askew and say, what do you think, this is 1863? What, uh, never? Like, almost never? Yeah. We have, we have ways to do, take care of that now. Uh, 888-933-93. We also have the, uh, the, Donald Trump's latest on the immigration thing because he was wrapping up a meeting and they're shouting questions at him. And, of course, there are questions regarding immigration and where people should come from, like trying to get him to say not these crap hole countries. But here's what he said now today. This is great. Mr. President, Mr. President, did you say that you want more people to come in from Norway? Did you say that you wanted more people to come in from Norway? Thank you very much. Is that true, Mr. President? Thank you very much. I want them to come in from everywhere. Everywhere. Thank you very much. Mr. President, Mr. President, did you say that you want more people to come in from Norway? Did you say that you wanted more people to come in from Norway? Thank you very much. Is that true, Mr. Thank President? Thank you very much. Trying to stop him. I want them to come in from everywhere. Everywhere. Thank you very much. All right, so now he wants to come in. He wants him to come in from everywhere now. Everywhere. Uh, not not just Norway, but everywhere. Uh, including, apparently, now, the crap hole countries. <laughs> like, this is going to Haiti and Africa. Work out well. I See, he... Ah! <laughs> it's so difficult to defend this guy. <clears throat> I He doesn't... You know, for a guy who says what he means and means what he says, Mm -hmm. he sure changes his tune a lot. Mm. And it makes it difficult. You know, it just, it kind of makes it difficult. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And then you've got, you know, Senator Joni Ernst in Iowa talking to her supporters, trying to defend what he said about the crap hole countries. And she says that he's actually supporting countries instead. And they he is standing up for a lot of the her. countries that where we have seen a lot of um, them. Some, name a few. Could you name a few? Yeah, you bet. Norway um, <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> actually, they actually laugh at her like she's doing a, a stand up routine. I wonder if she was. No? No. No. I, I don't no. know. She's got a good sense of humor. I, I don't know, but it's just. Pathetic that we have to even have this discussion in this it country. Is. Countries like Norway. <sighs> so and now, now the thing is, we want them. We want them from everywhere. You know, if we could just get a grip on what immigration should mean in this country and what it used to mean in this country, then this would solve all these problems. All we want is to know who's coming into our country, for what reason what they're going to do and what they bring to us. We want we want people to come here legally from whatever country they're coming. Come here legally. Let us know who you are. Let us know what you bring. How do you enrich us because we don't have to just take everybody just because? How do you enrich every country on earth asks that question, what are you bringing to us? Why should we allow you in? What are you going to do here? Every nation on earth asks the question, but we're not supposed to? How do you remain the greatest nation on earth if you don't even pay attention to who's coming in? Doesn't you know you don't have a house and then just leave the door open and say anybody who wants to come in just come in. I don't even need to know who you are or why you're here. You would never do that in your home. Why would you do that in a country? So just 
enforce the laws we have, secure the border. In fact, that's the first step. Secure the border and then enforce the laws we already have. And then this situation works out. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Life just isn't fair sometimes. Like when a 20 year old <laughs> wins the lottery. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. <sighs> he won the Mega Millions jackpot, fourth largest Mega Millions jackpot of all time, $451 million. And of course, smartly, the kid opted for the lump sum because if you take the yearly payments that's <laughs> gonna be gone uh, before you get to the end of it i guarantee you i guarantee like social security benefits bye-bye <laughs> so he opted for the lump sum payment and after taxes his winnings came to 211 million four hundred six thousand two hundred forty nine dollars and 25 cents <laughs> now his uh his small town back home is thrilled for him of course mm. and you know he's getting plenty of calls you from the me. people back home hey remember? buddy <laughs> remember uh wow has it been a while uh, yeah. what's going on in your life uh nothing <laughs> nothing's been going on what's up How, wh- wh- if, why are you calling me if i were this guy uh-huh. i would change my phone number uh maybe even my name because <laughs> you're gonna get hounded from people uh, until the end of time, begging you for money. Come on, man. You got $211 million. Give me $1 million. Give me a million dollars. Well, won't, you won't even feel it. You won't even know it's mm-hmm. gone. I wonder how much this kid's going to have to his name when he dies. You know, let's just say in 100 years in the future or whatever. Right. I mean, good luck. I well, mean, if, if, you're, you can... if you're to listen to the stories, mm-hmm. they always lose their money, right? Yeah. They always end up broke. Now, with $211 million, uh, unless you're an absolute idiot you're gonna be set forever and there's, so is your posterity yeah there's been some but uh, to lose that kind of money uh-huh. you you've got to be a moron uh-huh. an absolute total and complete moron first thing you need to do though is is get a financial advisor first thing you need to do is call me second <laughs> thing then you call that other then you guy. call the financial yeah, okay. advisor okay because what? where would you even put this? You can't put it in one bank account. It's only insured up to $250,000 by the FDIC. Could you put that in one safe? I no. Mean, good night, man. No. I, I don't know where you put it. I don't know what you do with it. Huh. That's why you call a financial advisor and say, hey, uh, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I distribute this? Where, where do I even start? Hmm. What, what a great thing that would be, though. Because, I mean, every financial problem you had just went away forever. If again, if you're smart, hmm. and then if you're really smart, you turn 211 million into billions because yeah. you, you could do that with your investments. I mean, so so hold on a second. How much did we just say um, Bezos is worth now? Uh, Bezos is worth 106 billion. Okay, 106 billion. So I mean, this is a great start. 
if you want to catch up to him. You know, I mean, just uh, mm-hmm. be smart, kid, please. If if yeah. if you are listening right now, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, call me. Uh, but yeah. third of all, good luck, man. Just please be smart. Second of all, uh, just give me one million of it. Yeah, what do you, Shane? Just one. Mi- Shane Missler is his name. Mm-hmm. Just give me a million. You wouldn't even miss it, right? You wouldn't even. Yeah. Um, even Rick re- realize it's gone. You still have two hundred and ten million dollars if you give me one million of it. Yeah, I mean, pretty soon you've won enough money. I, I do think at some point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you won enough money. So apparently he's close to his dad. His mom died in 2006 from cancer. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I guess he wants to he wants to help his family. Uh, he wants to he he loves he loves the Boston Celtics. So he's he's going to go to some Celtics games now. <laughs> yeah, you got the cash to do that. You know, and maybe you can get yourself a hot dog at the game that's eighteen dollars. You still afford you can afford it now. Tell you what, why don't you buy the Celtics? <laughs> <laughs> you could almost do that for two eleven. But not quite, probably. Yeah. Uh also an upcoming study suggests we could see as many as twice the amount of earthquakes measuring magnitude seven point and above this year. But experts caution that's there's no guarantee of disaster. So uh, it looks like we might have twice as many, but should you worry about it? Nah, maybe not. Uh, they came to the conclusion by looking at global earthquake records from the past century. They observed a cycle pertaining to earthquakes of magnitude 7 and above that span just over 30 years. Based on this information, they proposed that when the Earth rotates more slowly, this causes a contraction. It shrinks the equator, which in turn forces the edge of edges of tectonic plates to be con- pressed against one another and then they theorize that that increases the number of large earthquakes wow mm. i would have never guessed that that would be a cause of it just the slow rotation of the earth mm. of course that's not to say that we're in for an onslaught of destructive earthquakes because you know these can happen anywhere in non-populated areas or yeah in crap hole places <laughs> and i think they went back and they looked at years where where this kind of rotation was happening and those indeed were um, high years for uh, earthquakes. So really, that's what they're basing this off of. This is uh, be interesting to see mm. if it plays out. Um, but uh, definitely no earthquakes in here today. Um, Jeffy is out sick, <laughs> so you guys can stop tweeting. He's just sick. He's he's not left us. Uh, are are people concerned? <laughs> yeah, about they're it? concerned. I mean, can because, you believe it? Because we didn't do uh, yeah, where's chewing Jeffy? The fat. Yeah, oh, probably should have mentioned uh, Jeffy is is out sick today. That's why. I mean, which it's, it's no it's, chewing the fat. What's alarming isn't that he's sick, is that he's not out sick more often. You know, we right. know it all swimming around in there. So Right. And and with this new scientific evidence that stress makes you fat, we know that Jeffy is extremely stressed. High stressed. Extremely stressed. Very uber stressed. Like more than any other human being alive. So stressed you couldn't even <laughs> measure how stressed he is. Research has shown that chronic stress leads to increased hunger, comfort eating. Self-loathing and disrupted sleep. Okay, he's done. Jeffy. No, he's not self-loathing. Let's see. Increased hunger, Jeffy. Uh-huh. Comfort eating, yeah. Jeffy. Disrupted sleep, mm-hmm. Jeffy. Yeah. Maybe the only thing, self-loathing. <laughs> to lose weight and keep it off, it's important to reduce your stress and all the comfort eating that goes with it. Hmm. Uh, so. Hmm. Hmm. 
There you go. So we have proof that that scientific theory is indeed a fact. Yes, we do. Okay. Also, uh, we've got some proof that Twitter is spying on you. This Project Veritas thing that was done by uh, James What's-His-Face again has uncovered a couple of things about Twitter. And here's one of them. Take a look at what they found out. We can actually read your DMs. So all your sex messages and your, like, pics are on my server now. No yeah. All your illegitimate, illegitimate wives and like all the girls you've been around with, you're on my server now. Wow. Oh my god. I'm saying to your wife, I'm so, you and your divorce. So if I send someone a direct message, y'all are gonna look at it to analyze it? A machine's gonna look at it. It is creepy big brother. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's like a level, level, like it, I don't want to say it freaks me out, but it, it disturbs me. I've seen way more penises than I've ever wanted to see in my life. What? DM messages? DMs, tweets, yes. Penises? Wow. Lots of There's teams dedicated to this. So, I mean, we're Twitter. Talking, we're talking about three or four, at least three or, three or four hundred people. Jeez. Yes, they're paid yeah. to look at Twitter is looking at your direct messages. Now, the direct message is supposed to be, I don't know, a direct message between you and the person you've sent it to. Now we find out that the people at Twitter are checking out your direct messages as well. I wonder how many people they've blackmailed. I I mean, all of that's possible. I don't know. They, they could definitely be doing that. <laughs> wow, it's pretty bad the internet is forever and there's always someone else on the other end and you need to keep that in mind you definitely need to keep that in mind 888-933-93 pat gray only on the blaze radio network is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. This will be surprising to you. In 2017, uh, the coverage, the news media's coverage of our new president was mostly negative. What? (laughs) Uh, This is the least surprising story of all time. (laughs) The Trump presidency was by far the biggest story of 2017. From Inauguration Day through the end of December, the three evening newscasts aired 3,430 stories that talked about either President Trump or his administration. Totaled about 99 hours, three minutes of airtime. About 34% of all evening news airtime. In contrast, uh, Media Research Center's analysis of these newscasts in 2015 and 16 found that airtime devoted to President Obama and his administration amounted to approximately 10% of overall evening news. Wow. Big, big difference. The coverage, again, another shocker, has been mostly, in fact, incessantly negative. 90% of all the stories done were negative, only 10% positive. And then the rest were, I mean, they they don't count the neutral stories. But rarely were they neutral. This is an unparalleled level. 
of media hostility for a president in his first year. Uh, there were only three months in 2017 when Trump's level of good press rose above 10% on the evening news. And that was when TV coverage of his inauguration included a few stories about the positive reaction among Trump voters. Then in April, they mentioned supportive reaction to the cruise missile strikes against Syria. And in December, when Congress finally passed a major tax reform package. Wow. But they've provided extremely heavy coverage of the controversies. So the investigation into Russia collusion, they've covered that for 1,234 minutes. The response to the Charlottesville violence, which you remember when he, they keep claiming that he praised uh, the neo-Nazis there, really didn't do that, but that's how it's spun. 104 minutes on that. Obama, the claiming that Obama wiretapped Trump Tower, received 100 minutes of coverage. His criticism of the news media, 76 minutes. Private business dealings was next, followed by feuds with GOP governors. His criticism of NFL players over kneeling. The fewer, the furor over the condolence call to an army widow. Remember that? <laughs> Accusations of sexism and sexual misconduct. And then the endorsing of Roy Moore, despite the charges. Lots of collusion coverage and very little scrutiny of Mueller. I mean, completely, completely disproportionate and unbalanced reporting. As you would expect. It's just, it's a, it's just, it's not even surprising anymore. It's just what you expect from the news media now. Well, you're missing from that story. Maybe you just skipped over the paragraph was all that Mm -hmm. coverage they devoted to um, Fast and Furious. (laughs) And uh, how Obama gave guns, essentially. And the lies, you know, they talk about how Trump lies. In fact, was it the Washington Post that just did a story that he has eclipsed 2,000 lies in his... I was reading this when we were on vacation on Christmas break. He had eclipsed 2,000 lies during the course of the year, according to the Washington Post. They never talked about the lies we received incessantly from Barack Obama. Things like, yeah, the Fast and Furious program, that was started by the Bush administration. Mm. Mm, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, that, that's a huge scandal where mm-hmm. American Border Patrol agents died as a result. Some of the people in the Paris shooting died as a result of guns in that transaction. Guns that the Obama administration Sold. allowed to f- end up in the hands of Mexican cartels. Now, mm-hmm. um what was the other thing? Uh, Benghazi, the the YouTube video. Uh, that's what caused that crazy riot over there. Another lie. Oh, over and over and over and over, they lied about that. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, but but see, and 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 we don't have to get focused in on the lies necessarily. Just the negative coverage. No, there was yeah. no negative coverage of the fact that he just opened the gates at Gitmo and let terrorists run free and return to the battlefield so they could kill again, which many cases they already have. No, because they, they love the guy. We've talked about this before. Obama was virtually deity to them. Mm-hmm. And the editor, you, you remember his name? The editor of New, Newsweek even said it. Yeah, Ezra Thomas, I believe. Uh, Evan Thomas. Evan Thomas. I mean, in a way, Obama's standing above the country, above yeah. above the world. He's sort of God. He's, he, he, <laughs> he's... Could you imagine them saying that about Donald Trump? No. 
Yeah, and y'all just remember this, uh, the, the lack of uh, the press doing its job as the fourth estate uh, when, when Iran becomes a nuclear power. Because they yeah. let Obama get away with that. It just, sure did. Just sure terrible. did. Uh, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, the incoming uh, New Jersey governor. So Chris Christie is 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 uh, leaving office. Obviously today, I believe. Yeah. To, I think today is the day, and the new guy plans to establish an agency for quote the defensive protection unquote of illegal immigrants. They're, <laughs> they're going to actually make New Jersey a sanctuary state, and he's bragging about that. He's the former ambassador to Germany. Phil Murphy is his name. He's taking office today. And he plans to establish a state agency geared toward aiding undocumented immigrants. Um, Murphy, mm-hmm. who was the ambassador under Obama, after several years as a Goldman Sachs executive, I thought they were all evil. I, I thought that Goldman Sachs people were the worst people alive. And yet, uh, Obama certainly put them in key positions. He said the agency would be called the Office of Immigrant Defensive Protection. He previously vowed to make New Jersey a sanctuary state mm-hmm. if Trump ended the DACA program. <laughs> Dreamers are every bit as American as American as my four kids, he said at a debate. I'm sorry, that's just not true. And we don't have to accept these lies that they throw out, that they vomit out of their face just because they said it. It's not true. They're not American citizens. Now, I, I, we need to go to their parents and say, look, you screwed up bringing them here. That's not our responsibility. That's yours. It's your responsibility. We will stand up to this president, he said. If need be, we will be a sanctuary state not just a sanctuary city. This is America, Mr. President. Not in the state of New Jersey, he said. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, Murphy told the Post that the new agency will be an office that undocumented immigrants could call with questions about their status. The rumors that swirl around communities are extraordinary, and it's literally hard to get, particularly if you're undocumented. The right answer to your question That's when people go back into the shadows. Another lie that happens to percolate is that they're in the shadows. They're not. (laughs) Right, right. there are no shadows. (laughs) Not in the shadows. But, you know, I'm going to give you a silver lining in this. Okay. It is a blue state asking itself to be made more blue. Because if they're here and they're Mm going to have to stay here and they're going to be here, let's, let's let them go to New Jersey. Let's, you know, keep the blue state blue. No? Silver, I'll try to find a silver lining there for you. <laughs> I, try, I tried. <laughs> it's a good effort. Okay. That's thanks. a good effort. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, they keep, they've used the, the, the number 11 million illegal immigrants in this country <laughs> since 2005. Yeah. The number is closer to 20 or 30 million. Well, yeah. And, and you got to think that, um, that illegal aliens procreate just like the rest of us. So um, that number well, just is exponentially going up. Yes. So, yeah, it, it really is. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's nothing we've done about it this whole time. And and they keep hearkening back to the Reagan years. Well, your Republican president did it in, in 1986. Right. 
That's what screwed this thing up so badly in the first place. That was one of the big mistakes Ronald Reagan made in his presidency. And he said they'll have to pay a fine, so it's not amnesty, but nobody paid the fine. It turned out to be amnesty. There were two million at the time. Now, seriously, it's more like 20 million people here illegally. And 800,000 dreamers, as Trump said last week, you hear numbers closer to 3 million from some people. It's got to be closer to 3 million than it is 800,000. Because a lot of people have brought their children here. And many of them have been here for a long time. And for some reason, that's better. When, they're, when they've been breaking the law for a longer period of time, we respect that more. Yeah, you get points. <laughs> well, they've been breaking the law for 15 years. You, you can't kick them out now. <laughs> what? Really? Because you know that, again, for the one millionth time, it's not just the immigration law they break because you're forced then, because you're not a citizen, to break other laws. T- tax evasion... Identity theft and fraud. Yeah. Those are not serious crimes. They are for Americans. Americans are separated from their families when they commit those crimes. They're tried, they're convicted, and they're put in jail. And their families aren't with them anymore in jail. <laughs> their families are usually at home trying to fend for themselves. Why is it that that's, that's not a problem for U.S. citizens? But it is a problem to do to an illegal immigrant. I don't understand. Uh, I, I, I don't understand this line of thinking. So if, for the love of heaven, could we please just secure the border? Just build the wall or a fence. I, I'm fine with the double fencing. Put the double fence up with the security road that goes through it for border patrol agents. And increase the border patrol, but build the fence through the 1,200 miles that we can cover. Do it. Finally. It was mandated by law in 2006. Let's finally do that. Doesn't have to be a wall. Really doesn't. Just build a fence. And then enforce the law. Trump's actually starting to do that. He's doing that with corporations. They're going after companies that are hiring illegals. Well, this is what... Everybody has said they wanted all along. Well, why aren't you doing anything about the American companies that are encouraging this? Well, now he is. Now he is. And he's not targeting the workers either. He's targeting the companies. This this all needs to happen. Just secure the border, enforce the law, and then, then let's see uh, what becomes of the situation. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. being here with us triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three man this immigration thing is frustrating as is the negative coverage on trump it's it's so frustrating that as a not a massive donald trump supporter it still it pushes me toward supporting him or at least defending him 
And uh, because the, the coverage has been so ridiculous and so over the top. And, and again, it forced it, it kind of forced him into a weird position because they're yelling out things at him at this meeting today about immigration and where he wants people to immigrate from. Just Norway? You just want Norway? And he's, he, then he says, we want people to come in from, from everywhere. <laughs> well, it kind of flies in the face of what you said the other day, apparently. <laughs> uh, so the whole thing is, is just unbelievable to me. And when a, when a governor of a state can say they're going to willfully break federal law, we, we just don't have a country of laws anymore. 888 Ted in Massachusetts. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey. Hey, guys. How's hey. it going? Good. Hey, uh, you know, you want to talk about lack of negative coverage or stories that got completely swept under the rug. What about this Imran Awan IT uh, mm. specialist for the DNC here? Yeah. What's up with that story? That's a good question. Good. We haven't heard much about that in a long time. In fact, almost nothing. I've heard almost yeah. nothing. In, uh, as you mention it, I'm, I'm looking up Imran Awan, and mm-hmm. the latest on him isn't even about the IT scandal. It's about multiple women in relationships with him accusing him of sexual assault. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So well, that's, you know, that's probably what they'll get him on. They'll get him on sexual assault rather than anything else. <laughs> Seems like they're getting everybody on that these days. Yes, they are. Uh, thanks, Ted. Appreciate the call. Multiple women in relationships with him have indicated the former IT aide for Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, recently called Virginia law enforcement and alleged being abused by him. Hmm. Officers found one of the women bloodied and she told them she just wanted to leave, while the second said she felt like a slave, according to Fairfax County Police. Wow, that's pretty serious. A third woman claimed she was being kept in captivity. The third woman is Awan's stepmother, Samina Galani, who said in court documents that Awan invoked his authority as a congressional employee to intimidate immigrant women in part by telling them he had the power to have people kidnapped. All but two of the nearly two dozen Democratic women Awan worked for in the House declined to comment on the police reports. Jeez. This is the person that Debbie Wasserman Schultz was protecting for so long. She refused to fire Awan. Remember this? For months after he was banished from the House computer network due to his being a suspect in a criminal investigation by the FBI and U.S. Capitol Police because of the cybersecurity breach. Wasserman Schultz said that as a mother, a Jew, and a member of Congress, she wanted to defend his rights. A sentiment that was echoed by Representative Marsha Fudge, an Ohio Democrat, and others who also claimed allegations against Awan might stem from Islamophobia. All three women are uh, Muslim. Awan's attorney, Chris Gowan, a former aide to Bill and Hillary Clinton, has blasted journalists covering the investigation, claiming that he's a wonderful husband and father and not a political pawn. Neither of the other two women who complained are married to Awan, though both apparently have been in relationships with him. Awan's wife, 
Ida Alvi worked as an IT aide for dozens of members of Congress, including Wasserman Schultz. The two women who called the police both lived in the same Alexandria, Virginia complex, but in different apartments, for which Imran Awan paid. Wow. This guy's wonderful. Leave him alone. Why Why are you just hassling this guy? You know what it is? It's Islamophobia. It's Islamophobia. That's I what it is. I think you nailed it. You just hate people who are Islamic. Case closed. Done. We're done here. Don't even look into this any further. Nope. Let's see when this story broke, and I've heard zero about it. Yeah. No one is talking about this. February of last year? So about a year ago? Uh, this particular story, though, is from September 20th of last year. Okay. Wow. So I don't know when the next court uh, hearing is, but... Um, Jeez. You're going to hear a little So, yeah, of... it's been a year since he was banished, and and then it's been several months since these accusations from women, and you're in the middle of this huge scandal on sexual harassment, and nothing comes out about this guy? Interesting. Uh, Frankie in New Jersey. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Hey. Thanks for taking my call, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jersey. Yeah. I'm from Jersey. Okay. The sanctuary state. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> Is this Phil Murphy guy? I don't know. Somebody's got to look into this guy, man. I don't <laughs> like him. I don't like his smile or anything. <laughs> he's, a, he's a progressive. He's a socialist. Uh-huh. He wants to change this whole state. Uh, he wants to bring in, he wants to make it a sanctuary state. He can't do that. Donald Trump, you know, uh, said, no way, Jose. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I know so, what you're talking about. Uh, he's got to, somebody's got to look into this guy, this Phil Murphy guy. I, where did he come from? <laughs> I, facts I know, and, you know, uh, crazy, crazy. He's a money man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Frankie. Uh, he's I don't know. He came from the latest. The, the only place I know he came from was uh, his German ambassador. But um, I, I don't know that much about him. What was it, Goldman Sachs? It was a Goldman Sachs oh, guy. Wait a minute. Democrats yes. just elected a Goldman Sachs guy? I thought that yeah. was verboten. As governor of their state, <laughs> who has promised to make it a sanctuary state. I don't, uh, you, there's just no accounting for people voting for Democrats anymore. I just don't, I don't understand it. Uh, Raphael in California, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, brother Pat Love. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Hey, um, this is, uh, Raphael Castro from California. And, um, you know what? My dad snuck over here illegally. He didn't pay, you said tax evasion. He actually didn't get any returns or anything. So, you know, taxes get withheld automatically. So he never got any of that money back. Never did taxes for two years. I'm very proud of him because he came down here. He took advantage of a tax law, of a law and jumped in front of line. He got his citizenship. He's been a citizen for 30-something years now, you know, longer than I've been alive. Since 86, probably? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, I just wondered, I'm in between worlds here because I want strong borders and I want, mm-hmm. you know, the right people coming in because I'm in California. You know what? These fields are empty. They need people working here. Yeah. But you know what? We can't just open the border and let everybody in. Right. But then again, if you, I'm an anchor baby technically. So let's say you decide to throw us all back. Hell, I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm probably going to die out there. <laughs> I don't know how to fix my credit score in Mexico. I don't know how to buy a house out there where I would work. Well, so now I think of all these dreamers that were raised here. What are we yeah. supposed to do with them? Is it humanitarian to just say, 
hey, sorry, your parents are fuck. Oh, your parents are mess ups. Go back to your country or their country. Right. I it's it's incredibly difficult. It is uh, because we've allowed the situation to get to a place where you've got you know maybe a million or more people who are who are dreamers. Uh, I think what I would do is stop giving them extra benefits, like is being talked yeah. about now. And, Get rid of benefits, exactly. Yeah, and and just uh, first of all, appreciate the call. Thanks, Raphael. First of all, deal with the border situation, because until we stop the flood, you, you're you're not going to fix the problem. The first problem we have to deal with is the border, and then. You just start enforcing U.S. law. And then we can come to some sort of agreement on on what to do with the dreamers. Uh, Anchor Baby. Anchor Babies, that that thing has been, that situation has been decided, that was decided a long time ago. The interpretation of the 14th Amendment is that they're U.S. citizens. Now, I don't agree with that interpretation, but that's been the way uh, it's been for forever. So they're U.S. citizens. Anchor Babies don't have to worry. It's just those who weren't born here but were brought here by their parents that we have to deal with. So you take care of the problems in the order in which uh, you have to deal with it. And that's the border first, enforcing law second, and then we'll talk about everybody here, you know, the 20 million people, including the 1 to 3 million dreamers. They shouldn't get special benefits. That's thing one. Uh, thing two, do we send them back home? I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's something that you deal with down the line. I don't know why that's one of the top things they're talking about. I don't understand that situation. Nobody's been deporting them anyway. So why is that such an, a burning issue? The burning issue is stopping the hemorrhaging at the border to begin with and then deal with everything else. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, we got more Pack Ray Unleashed coming up in uh, just a second, including we're going to tell you about uh, what happens when people face crisis. People who are atheists, to whom do they turn when things get iffy? I'll tell you about that coming up in a few minutes. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. immigration that you can't argue with too much uh there's a chinese couple trying to escape the chinese two-child policy which used to be one child wasn't it yeah uh china changed its one child policy in 2015 to permit couples to have two children and according to the bbc there's 
some narrow exemptions to the two-child policy, but couples who violate it are often subject to punishment, fines, or forced abortion and sterilization. So uh, this couple that was about to have triplets immigrated to the United States legally and had their children just in time to avoid uh, the two-child policy. Uh, Had they remained in China, they may have been forced to abort uh, one of the three children. Wait one second. Wow. You said just now, Pat Gray, Mm -hmm. they immigrated, and then you used the word legally. Legally. Yes. That's not even a thing, man. (laughs) What are you talking about? Is that even possible? Kind of seems like it's not. So it can be done, huh? But apparently it can be done because they, in fact, uh, did it. So uh, that's that's great. Uh, just one of the wonders of China. You know, you love those communist countries and the communist hybrid. Um, there's there's one of their wonderful policies. You can have two children, or will force abortions and sterilization on you. You like that? Hmm. I mean, leftists would have to like that. That's wonderful. I mean, if there's one thing they're absolutely in love with, it's abortion. So they should be all over the Chinese policy. Well, wasn't it? Uh, it was Joe Biden who wouldn't say anything against China's one child policy, right? Didn't we have him talking about that at one point? Hey, see if we can find that. Boy, do we? Uh, Is it in the old audio vault yeah, over there? It just oh, might your be. policy has been one which I fully understand. I'm not second. Here, here he is talking in China to the Chinese about their policy. Of allowing one, I think at the time it was one child. They've changed it to two now. But here's what he said about it. Your policy has been one which I fully understand. I'm not second guessing. Don't second guess. Uh, one child per family. Mm-hmm. The result being that you're in a position uh-huh. where one wage earner will be taking care of four retired people. Okay, but I'm not second guessing your wonderful policy of one child per family. I, who am I? I'm not going to second guess that. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Is it? That is, well, <laughs> no. It's completely believable, actually. Oh, Nelly. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, we all know that church attendance in uh, Great Britain has dropped dramatically. It went from six and a half million to about three million people that go to church now between nineteen eighty and twenty fifteen. So, right around four percent. Right around four percent of people go to church at all in Great Britain. Uh, of all the British atheists and agnostics, though, one-fourth of them admit that when things are tough, they do pray for comfort. <laughs> so isn't that the whole thing of uh, there's no a- atheists in foxholes kind of mm. situation? More than half of all adults in the UK pray regularly despite only one in three praying in a place of worship. A third of the people pray in the morning or before they go to sleep. People are also increasingly likely to solicit support from God while cooking or exercising. (laughs) And one in five pray while doing household chores. 15% pray while they commute. Of the varied subjects of prayers, family tops the list. 70% of prayers mention family. 42% of prayers thanked God, while 40% asked for healing, and another 40% included mention of friends. Interesting how, you know, even when you supposedly don't even believe in God, 
You definitely turn to him when, when things are tough. I think that tells you a lot. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Been meaning to get to this uh, Prager University video on free speech. Um, we have teamed up with Prager University and are trying to get their incredible videos that are so educational released to an even wider audience. And uh, I think you're going to love them. There are some like this that are. Uh, this is talking about a generation that's being raised not to believe in freedom of speech. Take a look. Most of us who live in liberal Western democracies think of it as a basic human right. People have fought and died for it. But now we may be in danger of losing it. The threat is not coming from without, from external enemies, but from within. A generation is being raised not to believe in freedom of speech, but rather that they should have freedom from speech, from speech they dislike. This is a threat to both pluralism and democracy itself. Again, those are great educational videos. Don't you rely on those pretty heavily to teach your kids? That's a homeschooling staple (gasps) at the Malinak house. Homeschooler. Oh, wait, did I say that over the air? Are your children chained to beds in your home? Oh, boy. Hmm. We heard about you people today. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Really? Was I on the and news? And you admit to being one of these freaks? Oh, good golly. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's coming. Oh, you better believe it. I mean, whenever, you better believe whenever it. the media sees an in. They'll take it. On discrediting They'll homeschool families. Absolutely they take will it. take it. So let the, let the story, let it be out let there it marinate for a, yeah, a while. 24, and then, 40 more hours. Then they'll turn their attention to homeschoolers. Yep. And that'll be the lead. It'll be like, uh, on the heels of last week's news. Uh-huh. Yeah, so here we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, you've heard us talk about these Prager University videos a lot, though. But they, they make these five-minute educational videos that are done by some of the greatest minds living today. The videos are entertaining and they're accurate and they provide an understanding on topics that range from current events to the history of our country. Some of the videos explain the easy to understand, uh, in a, easy to understand ways about really complex things facing us today. So as part of Mercury One's leadership and education initiatives, we are partnering, partnering now with PragerU to help bring these videos to you. They're uncensored and uh, you can get them through our webpage and to also help support PragerU financially so that they can make more of these great educational videos. So do your kids like them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're mesmerized by them. And it makes it a whole lot easier to explain something. Whereas mm-hmm. um, I could try to explain it, but I don't know if you know me well enough. I'm pretty boring. And so uh, these videos get right to the well, they get right to the point. Like maybe we could get a Prager U video on how Keith teaches his kids so poorly. <laughs> but anyhow, these really cut right to the chase and they really sum it up. And and they're very useful when you're homeschooling oh. your, your children. And back to you. Are you okay. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> thanks for your support uh, around yes. everything Mercury One does. Check out the new partnership page. Uh, go to Mercury One. Mercury dot one slash Prager you no Mercury dot no one I don't believe it slash I'm gonna Prager try that U. I don't like it no I think it's Mercury one that well, it says dot well right I think there. the dot is an errant dot you think so I think I think you might be right it might I be Mercury you. one dot 
Prager U. I just know that MercuryOne.org okay, slash PragerU. This, this actually says Mercury One dot one slash Prager U. Could that be happening? right? Give me this. Look at, look at it. Look how it's written. Mercury One dot one slash Prager U. All right. That can't be right. Whoever wrote this, can that copy, be right? Get in here. No, it's not right. I don't think so. I'll fix it. Okay. So it's mercuryone.org, probably. You got it. Slash PragerU. Mercuryone.org slash PragerU. We are so good with the English language here. (laughs) I mean, we're the best. We should go into broadcasting. We're in the communication business. (laughs) Why can't we communicate? Uh, Also, there is a fantastic... You know, we're speaking of great ways to teach your kids. There's a book out called One Night Stands with American History. Mm. If your kids don't like history... They don't know it very well. And this book helps to bring around uh, some some situations from history that nobody knows about and that are incredibly fascinating. It's a fun book, and I'm enjoying reading it to my kids. I will just say, hopefully your kids will never ask you to explain what a one-night stand is on the cover there. (laughs) (laughs) Did yours? So far, they have not. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Uh, And it's stories like this. Um, the sinking of the Titanic was foretold 14 years earlier. A young American named Morgan Robertson wrote a novel about a similar ship filled with fabulously wealthy passengers that hit an iceberg in the Atlantic one cold April night and went down. Mm. A ship named Titan. Robertson's ship in this fantasy story, 14 years before the Titanic actually went down, uh, was amazingly like the real one. Both vessels were triple screw ships, and they could both reach about 25 knots. The real ship was 800 feet long. Robertson's ship, 882 and a half feet. The Titanic weighed 66,000 tons fully loaded. The fictional ship weighed about 70,000 tons fully loaded. Both had a maximum capacity of about 3,000 passengers, and neither ship was equipped with an adequate number of lifeboats. Mm. Both ships were supposed to be unsinkable, and both ships were the largest in the world. In the novel, the big ship represented the best of modern society, just as the Titanic would 14 years later. Mm. And of course, the sinking of the Titan shocked the civilized world, civilized world just like the sinking of the actual Titanic. That is amazing. The name of Robertson's novel was Futility. Mm-hmm. And it was written in 1898. Yeah, I could not believe this. That I had is to, amazing. I looked it up on Snopes. It's true. <laughs> it's totally true. Wow. Really cool story for your kids. Mm-hmm. And how about this one? Two of our presidents... Both white guys started out as indentured servants. As boys, Millard Fillmore and Andrew Johnson were indentured servants. Oh, that's cool. In this early form of contract labor, the master, for all intents and purposes, owned the servant for the length of his contract, which was usually five to seven years. The rights of an individual servant were, in many respects, comparable to the rights of a slave, which were few, obviously. (coughs) Fillmore and Johnson naturally didn't enjoy this type of servitude. Andrew Johnson ran away. 
the tailor he was indentured to placed an advertisement in the Raleigh, North Carolina Gazette offering a $10 reward for the capture and return of the future president. (laughs) Unfortunately for the tailor, Johnson was never caught and went on to become president of the United States. What an amazing... I had no idea. No. You ever heard that story before? Nope. Fillmore was indentured to a cloth maker, and after serving his masters for several years, he finally purchased his freedom for $30, which was, you know, probably more like 3000 at that time. You should look at that. Uh, what would it be? What, in, what would $30 be in today's number, in today's money, in about 1820? Also, uh, the Confederacy at one point actually offered to abolish slavery. Strange? You bet, since that was what the Civil War was fought over to begin with. But they knew the imminent collapse of the government was coming, so Confederate President Jefferson Davis, in March of 1865, notified uh, England and France that the South would be willing to abolish slavery in exchange for diplomatic recognition. Wow. Before either European power uh, could respond, uh, fortunately, the war was over and the Union won. And so England and France did not take him up on the offer. Please, this next story, this is the last story you're going to read from this book, which um, you will be tweeting out here shortly, um, how to get hold of this, because it's just a fascinating book with just these little nuggets in history. But please remember this story about uh, Andrew Carnegie that you're about to, to yeah, give us about story. socialism. How, how, to, how, to deflect, how to shut down a socialist. Andrew Carnegie was once visited by a socialist who preached to him eloquently the injustice of one man possessing so much money. Uh, he preached a more equitable distribution of wealth. Huh. Carnegie cut the matter short by asking his secretary for a generalized statement of his many possessions and holdings. At the same time, looking up the figures on world population in his almanac. He figured for a moment on his desk pad and then instructed his secretary, give this gentleman 16 cents. That's his share of my wealth. The great response you win. to a socialist. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so these are just some of the great stories that you can find in the book, One Night Stands with American History. Yeah, and this is not an advertisement. These are just, no. This is just a fun thing right. that I thought, you know what? we got to share some of these with the audience. It's a great story. Definitely. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Just to show you what a mean, mean country we have. Big story on CNN right now is a uh, family who is currently sobbing as their father was deported after 30 years in the U.S. <laughs> Why? Why? 
After breaking the law for just 30 years, why (laughs) would you be deported? Why? Again, here's the thing. Isn't it the choice of the person being deported whether or not his family's going to go with him? Well, they've been here in the United States all this time. That doesn't mean they have to stay here. They could go with their... There's no reason to break up the family. Go and be together. But the story, his arms wrapped around his wife and two children. Jorge Garcia's eyes welled up Monday morning as he looked into their eyes one last time near the entrance of the airport security gate at Detroit Metro Airport. His wife, Cindy Garcia, cried out while his daughter, Salil, 15, sobbed into his shoulder as they hugged. Two U.S. evil immigration agents kept a close watch nearby. After 30 years of living in the U.S., 39-year-old Lincoln Park landscaper was deported on Martin Luther King Jr. holiday from Metro Metro Detroit to Mexico. A move, supporters say, was another example of immigrants being unfairly targeted under the Trump administration. He was uh, brought to the U.S. by an undocumented family when uh, he was 10. Today, he has a wife and two children, all of whom are U.S. citizens. He's been trying for years to find a path to live live legally here, with he and his wife spending $125,000 in legal costs and fees since 2005, she says. Garcia had been facing an order of removal from immigration court since 2009, but under the previous administration, (laughs) he'd been given stays of removal. But because of Trump's immigration crackdown, uh, he was ordered in November to return to Mexico. He has no criminal record, not even a traffic ticket. So he's obviously doing better than I am. I have about 15 of them. Maybe we should import you. Maybe. Perhaps. (laughs) Send me back to Ireland. I've never even been there. I I don't even know the country. It would serve me right. (laughs) Nevertheless, Garcia had to be removed, according to ICE. Um, And so they did. And, of course, supporters showed up with signs that said, Stop separating families. Again, isn't that up to the family? I, I think it's up to the family as to whether or not they're going to be... Well, they're American citizens. I know. Couldn't they go back to Mexico with him for a while till he works this out? Because that's what they're doing. They're sending him back, and then you can apply and maybe come here legally. I don't know why they've chosen this particular guy at this particular time. I don't know. It, who says that uh, we don't know that he has a criminal record or not, correct? Um, it just says his supporters he are saying that? Okay. Yeah, his supporters say he doesn't. Okay. Uh, they say, his supporters say, they're a good family, they're hardworking. Uh, we never expected this would happen. Garcia's case is the latest example of immigrants who previously would have been allowed to remain, now not being allowed to remain. Um. Garcia said he asked ICE if they could wait until new DACA legislation was passed, which might expand the age range for immigrants to qualify, but he said they refused, and he had to leave by January 15th. Another example of tone deafness of this administration, apparently. If Jorge isn't, isn't safe, no one is. Um... It's it's interesting. It doesn't really get into why they've... Because so many people are allowed to stay. And Trump seems 
as if he wants to work it out so they can stay. Yeah, so wait a How minute. How many times has he said this? So he came here as a kid. I'm just going to... 10 ass- years old. Okay, so I'm going to assume that he grew up and married an American citizen. Does that not... I just, I'm trying to figure yeah, out why it, he... He said the wife and kids are... are so, but citizens. why doesn't that make it? That should make it easier for him. It's for him to stay. Yeah, I mean, just I guess go to the back of the line and just say, I "Hey, I'm married to an American," and then boom, you're back. I I, I don't understand. I don't know. That seems kind of weird, though. If he's married to, he a, says, "I feel kind of sad. Uh, I got to leave my family behind, knowing that they're probably going to have a hard time adjusting. Me not being there for them for who knows how long. It's just hard. Especially painful will be the." will be separating from his children, Solil and Jorge Jr., who's 12. Garcia said their 12-year-old son has been taking the news hard. I'm going to be sad because I'm not going to be able to be with them, he said. Uh, It's going to be kind of hard for me to adjust, too, not being there with them, helping the kids with school stuff. It's going to be kind of hard, but it's something I guess I got to find a way to adjust. He may be barred from entering the U.S. for at least... 10 years, they say. Garcia's wife is a U.S. citizen, but being married to a U.S. citizen doesn't automatically qualify immigrants for legal residency. I thought Mm -hmm. it did. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a whole joke, you know? It was like, hey, I need to marry an American so I can move there legally. It doesn't say anything about um, him committing a crime or illegal activities, or it sounds like his supporters are right uh, because... Unless this is just a very, very sympathetic article. Uh, it doesn't look like he's done anything wrong. It is strange that they would target a guy like this who's 39 and has been here for 30 years and who's married to an American citizen with American citizens' uh, children. You would think you would start somewhere else in your deportation process. Wouldn't you? So, yes. There, there may be more to this than meets the eye. And more to this than the article seems to uh, indicate. Or it just might be. We have a terribly hateful president. Hmm. Is that possible? A terribly hateful president, by the way, who said, Congress, go work out a deal so they can stay here. 888-933-93. We'll use that number again tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll be back here to do it all over again on Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.